Welcome to Stories Podcast. Today, we're not just going to tell you a story. We're going to play a game and teach you how to tell stories of your own at home. Starsworn is a game we've designed with Michael Lowe at Luck of Legends to help you explore the world of Max Goodname, a world of magic, knights, quests, and the mysterious powers of falling stars. If you want to play your own story in the world with Max and his friends, you can go to storiesrpg.com and download the free game to play with your friends. So if you haven't heard Max Goodname before, you can go back and listen, but you don't have to. To catch you up, Max Goodname is a young, newly made knight in the kingdom of Northend. His best friends and adventuring buddies are Wallace Q. Wallace, wizard at large and master of illusions, and Corley Anders, healer, cleric, and singer of songs. Together, they've won a tournament, defeated a basilisk, and freed a dwarven mine from the clutches of an undead wizard. And now, Max Goodname and the Iron Penance. Welcome, everybody. Hello. So I'm Daniel Hines, and I will be the storyteller for today's game of Star Sworn. I invited my Max Goodname friends over with me to play this game. So I have with me... Nate Auger, playing Max Goodname. Kelsey Lee, playing Corley. Emily Auger, playing Wallace Q. Wallace, wizard at large and master of illusion. And Amanda Weldon, playing a bunch of other characters. Narrating, as always. Uh, thank you all for coming in. Very excited to run this game with you. So everybody has filled in their character sheet. And again, you can get these character sheets for free at storiesrpg.com if you want to play on your own. And let's start with uh, Max Goodname. Max, why don't you read through your sheet for us? All right. So I'm Max Goodname, the human knight. Um, so the five I picked are, I'm excellent at sword fighting. I can't stand injustice. Wallace Q. Wallace is my best friend. I dream of being a hero of the realm, and I once won the King's Tournament. Excellent sheet. All right, let's go on to Corley Anders. Hello, I'm Corley, the elf cleric. I'm excellent at healing. Max is my heart song. I stand out because of my kind spirit. My downfall is I'm easily spooked. I dream of peace, harmony, and wellness for all. That is very sweet, Corley. Okay, Wallace, Q, Wallace. I'm Wallace Q. Wallace, wizard at large and master of illusions. I'm excellent at casting spells. I can't stand bullies. My best friend is Max Goodname. My flaw is that I can be convinced into bad ideas by my friends. And I one day dream of developing my own defensive spells. Excellent, Wallace. And Amanda will be playing a few different roles, and so will I. And so now that we have our characters, let me get into the story. Magic, or so the stories say, came from the stars. 
But stories also say that when the sky falls, chaos reigns and kingdom crumbles. For the stars give great and terrible powers to those who bear their signs. But all of that is ancient history. And now, every year, the legend is celebrated across the realm on a holiday known as Starfall. There's feasting and parties and tournaments, and best of all, there's the great Starfall Fair that attracts people from every corner of the kingdom. But unfortunately, you all have a job to do. You've been called before the Queen. To honor Starfall, she's dressed as the Lonely Lion, a constellation said to shine on kind rulers. She's fully armored, wearing a maned headdress and tawny beaded bracelets. She smiles down at the three of you. Max! Wallace! Corley! I'm so glad you've arrived. I have a job uniquely suited for the three of you. Unfortunately, you'll have to miss the Starfall Fair. Aww. Aww. I don't know if you're aware, but we've always sent the most uh, difficult of our prisoners to the Iron Penance, a floating prison ship far off the coast. In the past, it was thought we were doing the right thing, keeping strange and powerful prisoners away from the world. But thanks to Corley and the clerics at Castle Mendwell, we've learned that prison is a terrible thing to do to someone. It doesn't help them or prevent anyone else from doing something wrong. The isolation alone can make any condition worse. Instead, we are moving the prisoners to Mendwell's stronghold. There, under the watch and care of the healers, they can grow and restore and return to the world. Most of the prisoners have already been moved, but a few of the more extreme cases remain. The warden and the sorceress in charge requested a knight for security, a wizard to manage the magical prisoner, and a cleric to represent Mendwell. Of course, the three of you came immediately to mind. Ride to the coast and meet the ship's engineer, Mogley. He will take you out to Iron Penance. Get the prisoners to Mendwell Stronghold, place them in the care of the clerics, and maybe you'll even have enough time to enjoy their Starfall feast. So hearing that, do you guys have any questions for the queen about your uh, quest? Any quest questions? I didn't know there was an assignment. <laughs> it's kind of the All whole right. Thing. Did you listen to the thing? Take it from the top. Play that back. No. You're basically doing prison reform, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is really great. Some abolition. You need me up. to, I don't know exactly what you need me for. I know you need me to represent the clerics, but I don't know. Um, yeah, are we moving kind of prisoners? So I think it sounds like we are moving prisoners from, I think it sounds like we're switching from uh, like a, you know, a punitive model uh, where we're like keeping people separate to a more rehabilitative situation. And they're on like a Rikers Island kind of deal, so we have to cross a body of water? Yeah. Okay. Um, Yes. And you're representing the clerics because you're part of the, the, like, it sounds like you've been part of taking this initiative. You've been like presenting like. Yes, I have. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a good initiative. Yeah. Should I, should I ask my question in character? Or yeah, you guys on, just going to keep mumbling on? <laughs> Emily's, Emily's, okay, okay, Emily's good. So now that you've heard that from the Queen, does anybody have any questions before you hit the road? Are we going to have to break any sort of defensive spells? Or are there any traps that we're going to see before we free the prisoners? I don't think so. Most of the prisoners have been moved, and it's only a few of the most difficult ones that are left. But I suspect you won't encounter any defensive spells. Right. Are there going to be any guards there to assist us, or are we just showing up? Well, 
Most of the guards have already moved on to Mendwell, but there remains a skeleton crew of just a few that will be there to assist. What kind of enchantments made the skeletons into a krill? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> I thought you it was good. No, it's perfect. Yeah. A skeleton crew just means it's the bare bones operation. It's just a few people that are left, but they are not literally skeletons. Ow. Yeah, I'm also bummed out about that. <laughs> now, can we also assume that these prisoners are armed and dangerous? Well, they're prisoners, so they will not be armed because they have been detained for quite some time. But they are definitely dangerous. Are the prisoners looking forward to this new program? I believe they are, yes. The Iron Penance was a miserable place to be, and this new program is much more hopeful. Oh, it sounds like they'll be happy to see us then. Your Highness, we are so grateful that you have chosen us three, and we will not let you down. Wonderful! I think I have chosen well. Good luck! Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that sounds cool. So with that, you are bustled out of the throne room, and you are prepared for your quest. You're given, you know, supplies, a few good horses and everything, and uh, soon you are ready to hit the road. Is there anything you guys want at the castle before you go? Well, I would like my medical bag. Of course you have your medical bag. Well, this, is that fair to assume that I also have my sword? That's a good question. Yes, absolutely. So when you make your character sheet, when you kind of describe what you are, you can assume you have anything that your character would normally have. So Max, your sword and armor, maybe something to clean your armor, you know, a whetstone to sharpen your sword, uh, you know, bed rolls, that kind of stuff. Corley, your cleric and medical supplies, some spell components maybe for your magic. Maybe a small instrument to sing to when you're not singing a cappella. And Wallace, you'd of course have your wand and robes and all kinds of uh, nude eyes and frog butts and whatever else you might use for your spells. And so with all that said, you hit the road on your horses. Beautiful. So it's a, uh, it's a pretty well-traveled road that leads away from the castle, but soon you get into wilder country. And as you go, eventually you are stopped by a hulking figure in the middle of the path. And he holds up a single slab-like hand. You have the unfortunate luck of encountering Tango and Smash. I'm Tango, and my little friend there is Smash. Give us your horses and you can be on your way. Or you can try us and taste my arrows. So, what will you guys do? And this is an excellent time, since you're new to the game, to give you some uh, quick examples. So, uh, whatever you decide to do, you'll look at your sheet, and anything that's relevant to what you want to do, you'll get a dice, up to three die. And you can do things like, you know, you could get physical with them, you could cast a spell, you could do some social influencing, you could do some uh, figuring out, like, what the angles are, that kind of thing, or you could help out one of your friends with their move. And you guys can decide the order, you'll each get a move. I do not like to resort to violence, and I don't find it necessary this early in our quest to give up so much anger. I think we try reasoning with Tango and Smash. And when you're doing this kind of thing, everybody else can feel free to pitch each other lines and help each other out. It's kind of a, it's kind of a collaborative story. I was do you thinking... mind if I jump in on and talk to Tango and Smash? Even though you've come up with the idea of being, being nice to them? I- 
I think maybe I could help you out, Kelsey. Uh, maybe uh, I could create an illusion that makes it sound like we have a lot more people that are coming behind us, so they'll be more ready to be convinced to step aside. Oh, that is a pretty good idea. That's an excellent idea. So you will get a dice. You'll you roll your die for that. So Wallace Q. Wallace, you are going to try to make the illusory sound of a small army coming up behind you. So you get one die for being a wizard, two dies for being excellent at casting spells, and a third die because you hate bullies, which is very relevant in this situation. So roll your three die. I got a four, a five, and a six. So a four and a five would be a success and also a trouble, but when you roll, you only take your highest result. So a six is a complete success. So all of a sudden behind you guys, you hear these sounds of hoofbeats and you see a small cloud of dust on the horizon as though a whole retinue of soldiers is coming up behind you. And Corley, what do you say with that? Our friends are on their way and they care about us deeply and about this kingdom. It would be wise of you to let us pass. All right, Corley, and you get to roll die as well. So what do you have on your sheet that would work? Um, I dream of peace, harmony, and wellness for all. So that's one. Can you get to three? I stand out because of my kind spirit. Excellent. How about, how about a third? I'm easily spooked. <laughs> no, maybe, but, that, maybe that you want to protect Max because he's your heart song? Exactly. Oh. I want to protect Max. And you get a fourth die from Emily's help, from uh, Wallace Q. Wallace Assistance. I got a three, a three, a two, and a four. All right. So your highest is a four, which means a triumph, but also a trouble. So that means they, they hear what you say in the big one, the big one, Tango, he buys it completely. So he is scared and he says this as he runs away. I'm out of here. And uh, Smash says, hey, wait for me. But before he go, he looses an arrow at you as he flees into the forest. Max, you haven't acted yet. What would you like to do? I have my shield and I'm standing right next to Coralie. I think I can probably just slide that right in front of her. All right. So you're going to try to block the arrow with your shield. Go ahead. What do you got? You got one for being a human knight. Uh, can't stand injustice. That that seems exactly. relevant that's, here. That's a good two. And dreaming of being a hero. Absolutely. So you got three die. So go ahead and roll. I got a five, a four, and a one. All right. You are going to leap in front of your friend, Corley, and you are going to block the arrow, but unfortunately, you miss your shield and you block it with your breastplate. And you will take one heart of damage. Corley takes none, but you will mark off, I think you can mark off, dream of being a hero. So from now on, until you get that heart back, you can only roll two die instead of three. Well worth it. Well worth it to protect your friend. Absolutely. Thank you, Max. Anytime. Nice block. Try using your shield next time. Well, Smash is just lucky he's not here. Otherwise, we'd have to tango. hey <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that challenge defeated. You guys make your way down the road. It's a long but pleasant ride along the coast. And finally, you get to a small, plain-colored fortress. And there you see an old dwarf with white hair and a big white beard, and he's waving at you. He has a small boat on the shore pulled up. I have a feeling this is the guy that we're looking for. And uh, you see this old dwarf and he says, Hey, you are, are you the, uh, the trio, the kingdom sent, uh, the king and queen said they were sending some help our way? Yes, we are. Yes. Hey, uh, my name is Mowgli. Uh, what's, what's your handles, partner? I'm Corley. I'm Max. 
I'm Wallace Q. Wallace, wizard at large and master of illusion. Pleased to make your acquaintance. Oh, pleased to make your acquaintance, too. Uh, this is actually my last day on the job. I retire tomorrow. I've been maintaining the Arcane cores on this little boat and on the iron pennants for the last hundred years. They want to close it down? Fine by me. I'm retiring. Just one last job before I go home to the missus and my babies and my grandbabies. You don't look a day over 89. Oh, thank you so much. 89 is basically a child by dwarf standards. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for your service. We'll make sure that your last day is a good one. That sounds good. I know nothing bad ever happens on your last day before retirement, so I'm looking forward to a relaxing prisoner move. <laughs> uh, and he loads you onto the boat, and um, this is what you see as you chug into the ocean. The iron penance is huge and ugly, bobbing on the water like some strange fortress. Its dark iron sides are scuffed and beaten. Its sails are furled and hidden, and everything about it seems to scream, leave me alone. There is nothing but misery here. Home sweet home. Glad for one last look at the old girl. You climb a ladder and you find the ship mostly deserted. The few remaining guards wear iron armor and defiance of the sea and stand at their posts. A broad... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Spooked. <laughs> Cody's a little spooked. <laughs> a broad man with military bearing approaches, tailed by an elven sorceress in flowing robes. About time. You must be the team the queen sent. I still think she's wrong to close the iron penance. Dangerous characters like these deserve the brig and nothing more. And me, I am the brig, just as much as the ship and all its iron bars. Hello, I am Wanda Walgood, and I am the sorceress in charge of the new Mendwell facility. Please ignore the warden. Uh, He's being very dramatic. We are actually very excited about this move, and we think that this is what's best for the prisoners, and we're very happy to have you here to help. She may be happy to have you here, but I'm not. These scum below deck deserve to be where they are. I'm going to touch the X card on what the warden is saying. If you feel the warden is a little over the top, totally fair to touch the X card. And just so everybody knows, if you ever decide something in the story upsets you or makes you uncomfortable, you can touch the X card in the middle of the table, or in our case, since you're recording audio, say it aloud, and we can remove it from the story or dial it back. No questions asked. It's our story, and the point is to have fun together. So if anything's bothering you, you know, X card it, and we will uh, just reel it in. So let me give that warden take again. She might be happy to have you here, but um, I, I still i am not sure this is the right decision. But still, let me give you a tour below deck, and you can see what we're dealing with. Thank you so much for your service these many years. I hope that with the new program, we can enlighten you on the path of wellness and peace. Well, I can see you're one of the clerics that's uh, behind this whole scheme, so maybe the less we talk, the better. You're driving me out of the job. They want to move me to some frou-frou facility, and I won't even be able to have my big axe. What am I going to do without a big axe? Wow, this is a big change for some of the employees here. Yes, this is very hard for many people to adjust to. We're working on cultivating a positive attitude. Is there something we can do to help their transition? Maybe like a smaller axe. Smaller axe might help. Hmm. (laughs) Smaller axe. Well, we'll see, we'll see. At any rate, come on below deck. 
he leads you downward in a spiraling staircase to the belly of the ship. And um, you can see there's really nobody left. All the supplies have been moved. It's empty decks until you get to the bottom and you see a row of strange cells. And in the first one, you peek in and you see a small halfling, which is about, uh, kind of looks like an elf, but half the size, maybe maybe three feet tall. And he's a small, kind of wiry looking fellow. When he sees you, he bows and he says, oh, hello there. My name is Macklin McCrick, gentleman thief at your service. Have you come to move us? Hi, Macklin. I'm Max, and yes, we have. Macklin and Max, I see a friendship in the making. Well, I already have two friends. Why not three? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Max line. I... Don't be Macklin any big ideas about being his best friend. That spot's taken by me, Wallace Q. Wallace, wizard at large, master of illusions, at your service. So uh, Macklin starts to reply again, and the warden cuts him off. Hey, you uh, you all don't need to be friends with the likes of him. He's uh, well-spoken enough, but he stole a dragon's hoard worth of gold. What'd you do that for? Oh, I uh, needed to feed my family. He doesn't have a family. He's a single man just stealing gold and living large in the city. Everyone makes mistakes, and we all steal for different reasons, so I'm sure that, you know, we're working on moving forward and learning new things. Let's not pass judgment. Uh, so the warden leads you down the row to the next cell. You see a strange creature. He's a cross between a goblin and a frog, and he has these giant yellow eyes that seem to shine with these light, like little spotlights. And the warden says, it's a strange creature. We just call him Peeper. Uh, careful, he can blind you with those eyes. And he was used as an accomplice in uh, several robberies. Oh, what strange eyes. They remind me so of the moon. They remind me of the Lunar Spirit. Has anyone heard the story of the Lunar Spirit? No, do tell. The Lunar Spirit is known to do her work during the Harvest Moon. When the Lunar Spirit has its clear shining from moon to pond, they can lead to a hypnotic effect. I've seen it before. It's quite alarming. Well, he's just some kind of frog. Let's move on. In the next cell is a small, pale, what you instantly recognize as a vampire with our slightly baddish features. Have you come to move me? Yes, we have. I cannot help it. I am always hungry. Well, I think they have some crackers upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> that should be Wallace's line, because he's different than me. That's true. That's About more a snack. of a I have, I have some snack. venison jerky in my bag, but I might be able to magic it up to taste like blood. No, there'll be none of that. No feeding the prisoners. Next, next, next. Wait, wait, guard. I have a question about this prisoner. I'm the warden. You can call me warden or you can call me the brig. Oh, well, I'm sorry, the brig. I forgot. What What do you want to say to me? Oh, well, I want to know if this prisoner needs to be moved at night or are we okay moving the prisoner during the day or? The prisoner will be moved when we say he's moved. Well, that doesn't seem really Is the sorcerer nice still present? Prisoner. Sorceress, is it safe to move him during the day? It is, in fact, safe to move him during the day, yes. We, we have a covering. We've, we've dealt with this issue before. Don't worry. We, his safety will be uh, taken into account. Okay, good. And we do feed the prisoners. I, that was a, 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 the warden was being, you know, silly, but we do feed the prisoners. We feed them more than they deserve. We feed them as much as they need because they're human beings and we take care of them. And Dracula's. Yes, they're living beings that we care for. <laughs> In the next cell down, you see a beautiful elven woman. Um, and she looks at you all and says, 
Oh, I suppose you're here to move us. Well, just get on with it then. And the warden says, This one's a spy. We caught her uh, skulking around the kingdom. The less you say to her, the better. She can twist anyone's words. Oh, she reminds me so of my younger sister. Oh, has your younger sister uh, assassinated a king and stolen a kingdom's ransom? Oh, she has not. Well, then send her to me if she wants to learn how. The warden bustles you to the next cell, and this one is extra thick. You see ridiculous iron bars, and they are cold rolled, and it is the sturdiest cell you've ever seen. And inside, you see a hulking crab man with one giant claw and one little claw. And this is Clack. <laughs> That's duck noises. That's, That's slurping noises. What are you trying to make a noise of? Crab man. Crabs don't really make a lot of noises, though, in real life. I'm fine with it, though. <laughs> I like that way better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that better. And he pinches his claws at you and makes a weird gurgle. And the warden says, hey, Misa. He was an expert safe cracker. That big claw of his can cut through anything. Except for these special bars. And that's why he should be here and not in some frou-frou, whatever you call it. And what's the small claw for? Smaller safes. Perhaps. Perhaps. And then finally, in the last cell, you see a familiar face. Dirty and smelly as ever, you see Parlo the Pink, the disgraced knight who was once Max's mentor. Oh, no. Who's this guy? It's going to be tough. That's Parlo the Stink. Hey, it's Parlo the Pink. And is that Max? Is that you? Yes, it is. What? Ah, so you became a knight, huh? How'd you manage that? Not with the help of you. Hey, I taught him everything he knows. Yeah, and I assume the reason you're in here is because of that recipe for grass soup. I've tried that before, and it is not great. He loved his grass soup. We all loved grass soup. Tell him about how much you love grass soup, boy. Uh, I, I wasn't a huge fan. Too much bark. Hey, Max, I see you got my sword there. Slip it through the bars and let's bust out of here. Sorry, Parlo. This is my sword now. You can have it back when you earn it. And Max is on the right side of the law. I'm on the right side of the law, too. Nobody gives me a fair shake. I was in some lord's tournament, and I beat his brother fair and square. And he declared that I, uh, oh, I broke some rule and that his brother was the winner anyway. Got all the prize money, all the glory, and what did Parlo get? Nothing. So what did I do? I met him afterwards in the alley, took my sword out, and showed him both who the real knight was. And for that, they sent me here. Doesn't seem fair. I mean, it was fair, Parlo. I mean, sometimes you just have to pay the consequences of your actions. You did a bad thing, and now you're here. Oh, great. It's the therapist. If there's a one person I like less than the warden, it's her. Max, just look me the sword real quick. Not gonna happen. Good man, not gonna happen indeed. Let's get out of here. Poor Barlow. You guys all go back above deck and um, you see Mogli is there getting the ship ready to move the prisoners to shore. And from there, they have wagons waiting, ready to take them the rest of the way to Menwell Castle. Uh, hey, how did it go meeting all the prisoners? Oh, it was pretty enlightening. Yeah, well... I never much cared for them, but, you know, it's my last day before retirement, and I just can't wait to get home to the missus. And the kids and the grandkids. Oh, my babies and my grandkids. And I show you, I have some, hold on. 
Like, there's some charcoal pictures around here. Pats his pockets. Look at this one. This is my grandbaby, Batilda. Oh, she's beautiful. It's a he. Oh, sorry. He's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So Mogli is talking to you, and then all of a sudden, something uh, strange happens with the world. The sky brightens and blooms with sudden fire. The heavens burst with a flash, then a hazy glow. Streaming lances of color plummet all around, and even your own bodies seem to be lit from within. The ship heaves under your feet, feeling suddenly alive, and you stumble into each other. The stars, someone screams. The world swims, dreamlike, and that's when you see it. The stars are falling out of the sky. Streaming from the heavens, you see whirling constellations plummet to the earth, leaving flaming afterimages in streaks across the blackness. But they don't fall straight. They curve and wheel and bank. They skitter and spiral and dart. Some plunge straight for the ship, blazing so bright that you're momentarily blind. Beside you, the warden is struck by a star. It smashes into him and blows him through the deck, crashing him deep into the belly of the ship with a ringing crunch. Everything stops. The sky is dark but for a sliver of moon, and for a long moment, there is silence. And then, from below, in the depths of the iron penance, you hear a groan of metal on metal and then a strange, pulsing roar. And then you hear a voice from the water. Help! My arm! Arkle, he fell overboard! I dive in. All right, Max, you dive in wearing all of your armor. <laughs> Wait, we're doing going on a tour. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Did I you take it all off at some point? <laughs> Everybody knows the master name goes on a tour. He takes off his armor. That's right. All right, I'm going to need uh, some way to magic me up some float. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sink, all right? Yeah, I, I, mean, I can't think of anything I could do right now. Well, you have different kinds of magic spells. You don't just have illusions. That's your best specialty. But you have spells. Uh, Max, you I are like certainly... I more of a ward person, right? Yep, Corey, you have, you have protective spells you could do. Max, you could, uh, through sheer athleticism, grab him and a rope, perhaps, if you want to try. There's always stuff you can do. And you also have, um, still on deck, is Wanda Walgood, the sorceress, and you could always turn to her for help as well. All right. Well, I'm I'm pot committed, jumping in, um, and I think I probably get a couple of dice here uh, for being a hero. I don't know how I can make winning the king's tournament work out in my favor here, but sure. So you get one from being a hero, and then being a knight, we can assume you're used to wearing the armor and you're very athletic, so we can take those too. Okay. So rolling two? Yep. And you still lost the heart from earlier, so you can't get three. Oh. Oh, does that not apply to the specific, the hero one? You can't use the hero one at all, but you can use, and you can only use two max. Are we using the hero on this one? Yeah. All right. So instead, you can use the, you can use the knight, and you can use one the king's tournament as another indicator of your knightly prowess. Okay. So that's two die. Two sixes. Two sixes is a critical success. You guys all watch Mouths Agape as Max grabs a rope from the deck without a care for his own safety and dives overboard. He grabs the uh, sailor who's already starting to sink and you guys see the rope pull taut. 
And then uh, with a quick heave, you manage to pull both Max and the guard wet and sputtering to the deck. It's, oh, oh, my Sir Knight, thank you, thank you. I thought I was, I thought I was drowned for sure. Oh, no problem. Just part of the job. I can't believe the stars have fallen. This hasn't happened in a hundred years, a, a thousand years. I thought it, I thought it was a myth. And oh, oh God, the sky is empty. So is it pitch black, dark out? Can we even see There's a it? sliver of moon and some torches on the deck. Okay. How are we going to navigate our way? I'm not sure if I know any spells about that. <laughs> and you guys remember, deep inside the ship, you hear the groaning of metal on metal in a strange pulsing roar. And you see Mogli runs up and he says, Oh, the arcane engine! It must have been damaged when the stars crashed in. If, if that blows, the whole ship will be splinters. Well, we better get these prisoners off board. Somebody's got to get the prisoners and somebody's got to take care of that arcane engine. I, I, I mean, I'm a good mechanic, but I'm a, I need somebody with a little magic in me in case it wants to blow. Arcane, I cane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy, here with me. Let's go. Max, you and I, let's go get the prisoners. Let's go. So first, Wallace Q. Wallace, you and Mogli enter the engine room. You see a glowing, you see a glowing rune-covered stone, and it is starting to shake and spin on its pedestal. Oh no! Uh, it, it, it's gonna blow. We gotta hold it in. I don't know. Um, do I what? Do I know anything about how about the character of these stones? Yeah. So why don't you roll a check and we'll see. Um, I'm going to cast a check on what I might know about these types of arcane engines. I have, I'm excellent at casting spells. I'm interested in developing my own spells and I'm a wizard. So that should be three. That's three. Okay. And you got Mowgli there to help you. So take four. Okay. Rolling four. I got my highest was a six, but I also got a five, a two and a one. All right. Well, we count the six and that is a success. You know this our kind of arcane core, once it has been overloaded with magic, which you can tell is the case here, the magic of the stars, like in the old stories, must be true, because this core is overwhelmed with energy, and there's nothing you can do but get rid of it as fast as possible. You need to hurl it, perhaps, into the sea. Okay. Um, I think they should ask one of the prisoners for help. Uh, is Can I cast maybe a shield around it so that I can pick it up? Some sort of like a, like a shield that protects my... Yep. Because so I'm, 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 I'm surrounded by wood right now in the hull of a ship, right? Yep. Okay. So I need to find to have some way to get it up and out. Yeah. So Mowgli, Mowgli's there and he says, all right, I'll grab it and bring it up on the deck. You get somebody up there. We got to get this thing pretty far away before Maybe it Maybe I can levitate it. Can I levitate it so that I can get it out? Yeah. Even better. I'd rather not touch it. It looks pretty hot. All right. I'm going to cast a levitation spell. You just make sure nobody gets in my way. All right. Let's go. And then down in the prisoner's deck, you guys run down there and you see a few things. First, you see Macklin McCrick is trying to use a lockpick to open Clack, the crab man's door. Oh, so Macklin's already out? Macklin's cell has been shattered along with Parlo's cell, but Parlo is nowhere to be seen. All right, and I have a question. Yes. My critical success from the last roll I had did that get rid of the um, the damage to one of my hearts? Or I forget when that comes off. So somebody else could heal you if they wanted to take an action to do it. Uh, when the critical success, you might have healed if you were doing something easier, but because you were diving and plate mail into the water, the critical success just 
makes you accomplish that with no drawbacks at all. All right. Perfect. All right. And it's Macklin. Ho, hey. Macklin. What are you doing there? Help me. We've got to get him out of here. Yeah, of course we do. We've got to get you all out of here. Do you have the keys? The, the, we're on the warden. Ooh, we didn't think to get the keys from the warden. Well, you see a warden-shaped hole through all the decks of the ship. It looks like he was blasted clean through. And in fact, when you look down the holes, you see he was blasted out of the bottom of the ship and you are taking on water. I don't think we're getting those keys. Make way. Max, we have to figure out how to get these prisoners out of their cells so they don't drown. I agree. I start slamming into the, 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 the cells haphazardly. Well, that won't work. These, these are very secure cells, but I, I believe I can get in with a lockpick if you can just give me a little time. Okay. Uh, we don't have much time, but your plan is better than mine. Uh, did you happen to see where Parlo went? No, I, but I, I believe uh, I did see a bat fly down the hall. I believe it's uh, Sallow Jax, the vampire man. Sallow Jax escaped? The falling stars must have damaged the wards on his cell, allowing him to transform into a bat and fly away. All right. (laughs) Sounds like maybe our frog friend's still down here. That was supposed to be a bat. (laughs) Kelsey's the frog. You guys, so if you guys want to continue looking down the line. I'm just, I'm I'm just. Where am I? I'm writing a spell. So you guys look down the line of cells and you see not only is Parlo's cell at the end blasted open, you see Velvet's cell also has a crack and she managed to slip out, but you don't see her anywhere. Velvet, I, the elven spy. And you see Peeper is still locked in his cell, but he looks terrified and is huddled in the back like a scared animal. So we're at 50% broken out. And if, you gave it, a lock picking kit to another one. Well, Macklin. Macklin is, Macklin is picking the lock within like iron nail he found from the ship that got blasted apart. If you guys get him something better, he might be able to get in. Yeah. And he seems like he's actively helping instead of running away. So I'm not concerned about well, him. Macklin says, well, when you've been down here as long as I have, this crab man is basically my only friend. And I'd, uh, well, I don't know if he can drown, but I don't want to try. I respect that. I think we need to buy some time. The ship is sinking so fast. I don't really think I have anything to give Macklin. Max, I'm feeling a little scared. The water's coming in so fast. We have to stop it if we want to help these prisoners. Well, we need your help, Corley. Can you maybe sing a ward to help? Oh, I can try, but I'm so nervous. You can do it. So do I have to, like, roll to sing? Oh, so if if you want to try a ward, why don't you sing the song first and then we'll roll? Because I want to hear the song either way. A fallen star... Both near and far, heal our ship to complete our trip. All right, so then give me some dice from your sheet. What do you got? What do you got for casting wards and spells? I have a excellent at healing. Yep, so healing and wards, that's part of it. And then you are a cleric, so that's two. And then do you have a third? Um, Well, easily spooked is my downfall, and I'm trying to overcome that. Uh, great, that's a third then. So give me a three plus one more for your lovely song. I got two moons, a three, and a four. Oh, my moons are sixes. <laughs> oh, nice. Those are lovely dice. So with your two sixes is a critical success. So you cast such a ward, it's a shimmering light, and it uh, fails a couple times. And then once you sing your song, you see the actually the bent iron starts to fold back in, and the wood splinters fly into place. 
and the uh, gushing leak is now just a trickle and you've definitely bought yourself a good chunk of time. Congratulate me. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great word. Thank you, Max, for believing in me. Oh, thank you for singing so beautifully. Good work. I'm upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask a question? Because I don't know how this game works. Can you explain why you get to roll more dice sometimes and fewer dice other times? What What does each dice die signify? Sure. So you get up to three from your sheet and one if somebody's helping you or if it's a really good idea. But so you get the three by looking at your sheet. So she was doing a ward. So in her lines, she's a cleric and clerics no ward. So that's one die. And then on another line on her story sheet, she uh, is good at healing and healing is um, that kind of magic is related. And then the third one she got, she's easily spooked. And in this scenario, she is spooked and she's trying to overcome it. So those three aspects of her character give her a die each. Okay, so, and then, so that means that she can, and, and we're just looking for like the highest number, and yep. that's how we decide if it's successful or not? Exactly. Okay. So yeah, that's if you the have, benefit so of having the multiple dice. You could say, for example, you you say, for example if Corley rolled a... So, for instance, if Corley rolled a four or a five there, which is a trouble and a triumph, she probably would have slowed down the water, but maybe the bat would have escaped out of the hole, or maybe she would have lost a heart, or maybe she would have given negative one to her next roll because it tired her out or something. Negative one die, that is. And if she rolled a, a one or two or a three, she would have failed. And that means she, it wouldn't have worked at all. But with having four dice... The odds that are highest dice would be a one, two, or a three would be low. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So great job lowering the trickle. You see, let's cut back to Wallace above deck. You get the uh, gem out and you uh, put it down in a safe spot. And you see, you see Velvet, the elven spy running across the deck and Mowgli's chasing after her. She's trying to steal my ship. You got to stop her. And as you watch, Velvet vaults the ship's rail and lands in his little boat and is trying to get it started. Uh, okay. So I'm going to run over, and what is the mechanism that he's moving the ship by? It's Is that that's just oars? No, he has a smaller version of the same arcane core that's in the big ship that's going to blow. But it, this one on the ship is very small, just like a small magical kind of fire engine. Okay. I am going to try to also levitate out that core and bring it back up to me. All right. So you have those same three die for being a wizard casting spells. Um, and being interested in defend, in developing new spells. And developing new magic. Yep. Yeah. So take those three. Okay. I will take those three. Uh, the highest I got this time was a four, which is... I triumph, but also trouble, so I'm concerned. You manage to levitate out the core, but unfortunately, Velvet finds Mogli's emergency oars, and she starts rowing away his little ship. Okay. Um, and you are concentrated on the spell, and she manages to get pretty far away. I am going to try to... Actually, who's a, is there anyone else nearby? Just, just what's his name? Mowgli. Mowgli. Mowgli the dwarf is there. He says, hey, "She's getting away with my ship." So he's the only person available to help. Yes. Uh, okay, uh, and there's not no other there's no other sea craft around. Yeah. So Mowgli says, "Oh, there's a, there's some life rafts down below we could get." Okay, I'm gonna. I have now the arcane core. Yeah. So I'm going to take the arcane core. Well. 
I guess I'll go try to run and grab a, a raft and then bring it up up there and try to get the arcane core to power that raft, see if I can make that happen. All right. So you and Mogli start doing that and then back down below. What are you guys doing? We're working on freeing Clax so he can help free the other prisoners. We think that he has um, a good chance of cutting through the other bars. Okay. So Macklin McCrick is working on the lock. How can you help him out? Max, do you have any tools that Macklin might be able to borrow? He might be able to use your tools to make this job go a little bit faster. I don't know. Did the warden happen to drop his axe? No, I'm asking you. Oh. Or, no. well, or Dan, no. no. Warden's like, gone. Warden's gone. He's just gone, gone, That was gone. a good question. If he, if he had an axe, it would have been fine. Um, I just, because Max is just going to have a sword. Um, well, no, he also has his his armor cleaner. You'd have all the things that I'd have. So you probably have a small knife. You probably have some cutlery. Do you, you might have, have, you know, just like little like little hand tools to repair your armor. Maybe do you have your paring knife? Oh, of course. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Pull it right out of my back pocket. All right. So you're going to advise Macklin. So why don't you give me a help roll? So you're not very good at this, so you can just roll the 1d6 and see if you could help him or not. Macklin, be gentle with this. This is my favorite tool. It's a five. Macklin breaks it in half immediately when you hand it to him, throws Macklin. away the handle. Oh. So, because a five is a triumph and a trouble, so your trouble is he ruins your knife. That knife is gone. But the triumph is there is a click, and he says, aha, one friend freed. And you hear Clack comes out, snap, 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 snap with his claws. Very excited. Big claws going snap, snap, snap. Little claws, snap, snap, snap. Nice. Macklin, you did it. Oh, and now it's time for us to leave. And he shoots up the stairs. Wait, 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 wait. Clack is still there. All right. I feel like we're supposed to be capturing these prisoners, right? So I should probably follow him. I the ship not. is still sinking and you still have Peeper in the cell. Mm, but I also don't want to leave Corley by herself. With... Max, Wanda and I will work with Clack to free Peeper. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, so, Max, you head up. You, as you're heading above deck, you run into Wallace Q. Wallace. Hey, Max, I tried to stop Velvet, but she's too smooth. She got away in a life raft. I got the Arcane Core out. I'm trying to get another raft to chase after her. She took my boat. She took my whole ding-dang boat. <laughs> oh, everybody's getting away. We got downstairs and three people were already out of their their cells and I'm chasing this guy. So actually, Macklin calls down from above. He says, there's a, well, it appears there's nowhere really for me to run. So if we could all escape together, I'd happily avoid drowning. All right, why don't you come back downstairs and help? All right, all right. And he comes back down to you guys and he starts helping with the life raft. Uh, Kelsey, you and Wanda... Kelsey, uh, Kelsey is Corley. Corley, you and Wanda Walgood are there and you have Peeper huddling in the back of his cell and you also have Clack the Crab Man. But wait, didn't... Wasn't Macklin able to just use the knife? He freed Clack, yeah. But... All the he, cells are different. Oh, they're all different. Yeah, they all different needs. Yeah. Oh, Wanda, do you see Peeper in the back of the cell? He's so scared. I know what that must feel like. Peeper is very scared right now, but he's also very brave. And I think that Peeper is going to be okay. I think that. That's a way better Peeper. Okay, it's a better Peeper. So much better. That's right, Peeper. You hang in there. Peeper's a keeper. 
Peeper is a keeper. And Peeper, in his horror, is going to flash his eyes at you guys out of reflex. Oh, no. Are we blind? You might be blind. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, so you see Peeper's eyes start to flash. And how are you going to protect your eyes? Wait, sunglasses? I have sunglasses? Yeah, I have sunglasses too. <laughs> well, you could like, so you have spells too. So why don't you, you take a move now? Cause you haven't moved yet. Um, I, can I, can I provide us a pair of safety goggles? Can I magic us a pair of safety goggles? Oh, that sounds like a great idea. So, so on your sheet, you are a sorceress. So that's one die. So you are bonded with everybody on the ship. You are kind of their advocate. And then of course your specialty is different kinds of magic. So you can roll three die and see how you do as this peeper's flash comes rolling in. The highest one is a five, and then I got two threes. Okay, so with a five, that is a trouble and a triumph. You throw up your protection, and you, you in a selfless act, or maybe not, you can protect two of you. What's, what's Clack's eye situation? Isn't Clack a crab? Yes, he he's a crab, but he has eyes, and he loves them. All right, well, then I, I mean, I can't... If I only was able to make two, uh, then that's that's my fault. So I have to like, I have to suffer the consequences. So I will provide my pr- protective eyewear to Coralie and to Clack. I refuse the eyewear and provide my own. No, no. <laughs> All right. So Coralie and Clack are protected, but Wanda Walgood, you will lose a heart for being blinded. Okay. So you'll just mark off one heart on your sheet. And then, Corley, what do you want to do with Clack there? I want to ask Clack if he can carry Peepers on his back. Well, Peepers is still in the cell. Oh, um, okay. I. And it's just Peeper. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I'm just going to ask Clack if he'll help me by opening Peeper's cell. Okay, that sounds good. And um, why don't you give me some lines on your uh, story sheet that might help? Um. I stand out because of my kind spirit. I'm trying to help others. Absolutely. And I dream of um, peace, harmony, and wellness for all. Sure. And I'm also um, a cleric. Yep. So that's three. So give me a roll of three. I got a four, a five, and a six. Oh, with the six, it works. You, Clack, you're not quite sure if he speaks your same language, but just kind of through the powers of a pantomime and empathy, you get him to understand what you want. And he takes his, uh, he looks at his big claw, looks at his little claw, looks at Peeper's cell, takes the big claw and snips the lock clean off and Peeper's cell swings open. And Peeper, so thrilled at being relieved in the kind words, this strange frog-goblin hybrid leaps into your lap, Corley. Oh, I love him. I hope he joins us on our quest. Make the peep noises. When did Corley sit down? You can have a lap even if you're not sitting. No, if you stand, it disappears. <laughs> That's the magic of a lap. <laughs> That's true. Either way, you've got a peeper, and and as you guys head above deck, you uh, see the bat fluttering just behind you, also heading for the freedom of the open air. I choose to heal the heal Wanda so she can help us with the bat. Oh, excellent choice. So we all, we know you have your three cleric die. So why don't you go ahead and go roll a three for healing? I got a six, a four, and a one. Ooh, you are made of sixes tonight. 
Uh, Wanda Walgood, your eyes, just your vision snaps back as Coralie graces you with a healing touch. Thank you so much. Can, Wanda. We, get a, can we get a little eye poem? I, 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 I. <laughs> I wrote this pomo. Your blindness is no mo. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one's I, 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 vision clear and bright. I, 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 now you see the light. Okay, then you see the bat is escaping. You want to try, you want to use your action to try to stop the bat? Why, why am I wanting to stop him exactly? You're not wanting to stop him. You're just wanting to contain him to make sure that he is going to help us in moving to the new location as opposed to escaping and then being um, a bat at large, even though we have a wizard at large. Yes. So I, I'm the sorceress. I'm also a therapist, correct? Yeah, So I would like sure. to roll uh, to see if I can verbally de-escalate and coax our bat friend back uh, to rejoin our mission. Okay, so you are bonded to these to these prisoners as your their mentor. Built a you alliance. are a sorceress, mm-hmm. which actually doesn't come into play as much if you're just trying to talk to them. Yeah, him. it kind of does. Or you're gonna magically amplify your voice. Yeah, magically amplifying does. my voice, and then the you know powers of persuasion. That's a little magical. Sure, maybe and like then, a, maybe you can create like a calming. Yeah, maybe like slow certainly. his pulse a little bit, yes. something like that. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so that would be three. I got two fives and a three. So two fives and three, you do, you manage to calm this bat down. He's not trying to escape anymore, but he is very hungry. He's going to need to eat soon and he does eat blood, unfortunately. So shortly thereafter, if you don't get him something to eat, it's going to go bad. Has anyone been injured? Is there like a convenient way to solve this problem? Um, You know that it, as somebody who has worked with, um, with sallow jacks, you know that it does not have to be any kind of like mammal blood. You know that fish blood is kind of what you've been feeding him on the ship. So if you could get a fish, then that might do the trick. But now you are all above deck. You guys see the ship is listing now to one side. It's starting to sink. You see above deck are all the prisoners except for Velvet and Parlo the Pink. Velvet is 100 or 200 yards away now, rowing like mad in a little ship. And Paolo the Pink has not been seen since the crash. And now we're all together again. And you're all together again. Do we need to investigate to see where Parlo is? Am I done with my core? Yeah, yeah, you guys are all together, everybody. You're all on equal footing. Um, So the first thing you'd have to deal with now that you're like, yes, now that you're up there is you have this core that is about to blow and you need to get it as far away from the ship as possible. And let me, let me just say that. This core's going to blow. We're going to get it out of here. Who, who's got... What, what can we do? We're going to get it real far. So I've been working on fashioning this lifeboat with this other core. Can we just all la- jump in the lifeboat and just scoot away and let the ship blow up? Who cares? We wouldn't get away fast enough. We got about 15 seconds before this thing's going to blow. I think we have to ask Crabbington for help. What's his name? I think we have to ask Clack for help. He's so strong. All right there, Clack. I got an idea. I'm going to softball this one to you, levitating in air, and you just whack it out of the park. I know you can do it. You keep your eye on the core, bud. Um, so Clack nods at you, and he winds up his big claw, Donkey Kong style, these big circles. All right. All right, here it comes. All right, so... 
You're going to pitch it to the crab, and then I guess I will roll for Clack. He's big, he's strong, but again, he is a cutter, not a thrower, so he'll get two die. Plus one for Wallace's help, so that's three total. So Clack's going to roll. Clack rolled two fours and a two, so it's a triumph, but also a trouble. So he, you got, you whip the core up, Clack smashes it with his strong claw, it goes sailing, but not quite far enough. It explodes with a thunderous crunch, and it blows a hole in the stern of the ship. And uh, what was sinking slowly is now sinking quickly. But you are not blown up, but you are in danger. All right, everybody's got to get into this lifeboat, and we got to do it quick. We can't leave without Parlo. We can't just assume that he's safe, safely escaped. I think we need to spend at least some time looking for him before we leave. I think Max is right. We can't leave someone behind knowing that he was once here. As you guys are talking about this, you hear a stomp and a crunch from below. And uh, up the stairs comes this hulking figure. It's a... For a second, you think you see the warden's face, and it is the warden's face, but he's in a tangle of iron and wood and stone. And he's become a, a golem, this creature of of these different elements all fused together into this giant form. He's these big three-fingered iron hands and bars striped down his chest. And he says, Where are you going with those prisoners? I am the brig, and they're coming with me back in the cells. Well, why don't you just come with us? We're all getting off safely. These are my prisoners, and they go back in the cells. These prisoners are under our protection. You look and you see, you see he has been transformed. You have heard of this from the legends that when the stars fall, people who are struck by these stars become star sworn and they gain terrible and sometimes wonderful abilities. And it seems like he got the terrible end of the stick and this power of the star has fused him with the brig of the ship. And he is now this, um, he's crazed and his, his, his sort of old attitudes are amplified and he, you can tell he means it. He wants to put these prisoners back in their cells, sinking ship or not. Maybe we can use Peeper to help us blind him. Oh. All right. So what would you say to Peeper? Peeper, I know you were scared and you were so brave. We're so alike. Sometimes we just need a little bit of support. I think that you can really do this. You can help us. And reply to yourself as Peeper. Peeper, we've talked about this. I know that you don't think that you can do things and you don't think you can be brave, but but you've shown yourself time and time again that it's possible. Peeper, do you remember that you blinded me just moments ago? This is, this is in your wheelhouse. I think you can do it. Give me that frog. He's going back in the brig. Nope. Now's your shot, Peeper. Go ahead. Look at him. All right. So you are trying to convince Peeper. So I know you have, you are cleric, you are peaceful. And what was your third one you've been using? Uh, My kind spirit. Oh, and your kind spirit to you with the help of Wanda Wallgood. So that is three for your stats plus one for the help of Wanda. I got a one, a three, a four, and a five. So... Peeper does. He flashes his eyes. You convince him. And you all have warning and you look away. And the brig 
formerly the warden of the Iron Penance. He's blinded, but that doesn't stop him. He can't see where exactly you are now, but he's rampaging. He sings, give me the prisoners. And he's smashing the ship apart. And he's just reaching and crashing all around. And as he emerges onto the deck, you see he must be nearly eight feet tall and nearly just as wide. He is a tank now. And he is kind of just rampaging around trying to find somebody, anybody to kind of take down with the ship. The brig. The stars have misaligned you. You're on the wrong side of history here. Settle yourself down. No, the prisoners come with me. The prisoners stay with us. You can also come with us. This doesn't have to end in a fight. Um, so he's still smashing around the deck. You can try to convince him if you have a, if you want to use your sheet here. Hmm. I I feel like I just gave him three. We gave him lots chances. Of to, I'll give you three chances. I'll give you these three. And if you don't behave, I'll turn you into just, a goon. Just tell him what his consequence is going to be and start counting it down. Mm. All right. <laughs> the brig, I'm going to count to three, and you're not going to be able to see the fingers, but you're going to hear my words. And if you insist on being a bad boy, <laughs> then I'm going to take, I'm going to take you down. One... I'm a man, not a boy, and these prisoners are mine. No, they're not. Two. Give me the give me the frog at least. No, you can't. The crab man, then. You cannot have any of them. We're leaving. We're leaving safely. Give me the crab man. Are you coming with us? Never. This is my ship. I am the brig. All right, then you're going down with the ship. I pull out my sword. Ooh. All right, he's rampaging around. What's your plan with the sword? Uh, well, my plan is he can't see, uh, so I feel like I have a significant advantage um, as being a great sword fighter. Uh, I'm going to just, you know, sidestep, maybe talk, then move, and then come around behind him, give him a, give him a big hit in the back, knock his legs out. I'm going to... Um... I am going to cast an illusion of the sound of Max's footsteps running up on him in the opposite direction that Max is coming. Oh, that's excellent. So give me an illusion roll. So we know that when you're casting illusions, you get three die for being a wizard, a spellcaster, and a spell designer. Also, Max can Or Max is your best friend. Yeah, it's a great one too. And I hate bullies. <laughs> All those are great for this instance. I got a six. So a six, Max, you take an extra die for your roll. So that is... One for being a knight, one for sword fighting, one for injustice, perhaps, or maybe for being a hero. Okay. And then, and then one from Wallace. So you had four die total to roll. So the brig is rampaging back and forth. He's smashing around. Should I also lose one from having the, uh, the heart crossed out still? Oh, yeah. You see. So I should be down to three. That's right. Thank you very much. Can I please try to heal, Max? Um, yeah, it's going to be a quick one though. So give me a, give me a roll of three and you can see if you can freshen him up going into this fight. Cause you see he's missing a step there. Well, I have a song. Okay. Time is here. Don't stand for fear. A hero's call, best friends and all. All right. Give me the roll. A two, a three and a three. Max, you do not get any help from Corley. She tries to heal you, but you are moving too much in this fight. All right. I got a five and two ones. So you swing and you dart and he's swinging this his giant stone and iron and wood arms. And you can see he's etched with all the damage that was on the ship. 
and this hulking body is, uh, you managed to hit him a few times and it, your sword just rings off like you were striking iron bars. But realizing that, you quickly drive him backwards and um, as he smashes you, you send him tumbling over the guardrail into the sea. So Max, you got to lose another heart as you take damage from the Briggs rampaging. All right, down one heart, down two hearts. So you guys see Max wins his fight against the Brig. The Brig, uh, with Max's footwork, and finally with Max throwing himself at bodily at his back, knocks the Brig overboard where he starts to sink. But you see Max is uh, pretty hurt in the process. He comes up with a uh, bloody lip and he's panting hard. Quick, let's feed his blood to the bat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you guys see the bat is starting to flail in Wanda Walgood's grasp. What are you going to do, Wanda? He's hungry. It's time. We have to get a fish for the bat. Oh, if you need a fish, there's plenty in the ocean, but you better hurry up because we're going to join them. Do you have any fishing gear on board? Oh, I got my trusty rod, but it's in my ship. Can I can I summon fish? Is that possible? Magic. Yeah, you can try to magic a fish out of the water. I'll try to I'll try to do a summoning spell or a, for a fish that I can kind of start to maybe glimpse off the top of the. Sure, sure. So almost like a magic net, gonna kind of snatch him out of the water. Sure, maybe yeah. So I'm a wizard. I'm good at casting spells. Um, and I can be convinced to follow bad ideas. <laughs> That works for me. Give me a three. Wait, did you say bad ideas or bat ideas? <laughs> In the, I must have misread it last time. Hey, that's a six, baby. Hey, so Wallace Q. Wallace, what happens? What do you do? Uh, so I create a sort of... I haven't of, heard Wallace's voice in a long time. Oh. You wish for fish? Here you go. Squish. The fish flops aboard and Sallow Jacks, still in his bat form, lands on it and starts to eat... And you can see he calms down right away. And as the boat starts to sink and you guys get the life raft in the water, you hear one final crash. But this one's from far away and you see a pink light, a ball of pink light, almost like a distant star. And it's getting closer and closer. Parlo the pink. You thought you'd seen the last of me, did ya? And you see Parlo... It seems that he was also a star sworn, also stuck by one of these magic falling stars. And pink power emanates from his body, and he seems to glow with a pink light flashing from his eyes. And he says, finally, you're going to see what Parlo's worth. Now, Max, I'll be taking my sword back. And he sees this these pink light. It's almost this hard light construct he's riding on, like a platform. It slowly descends to the ship. And he holds out one hand, and these pink tendrils of power start to curl out towards you, Max. Parlo, you can have this sword back when you're Parlo the Rehabilitated. If you want to fight, boy, you come to the wrong place. I got bigger fish to fry. And these tentacles lash out, and the sword is snatched from your grasp. I hold on to it. All right, give me a roll. I'm guessing... Probably sword fighting sure. and standing up for injustice. Sure. All right, so Max, for your roll, you've taken damage twice. That means you lost two dice. And you, I see you've marked off your dream of being a hero and you marked off the King's Tournament. So you can't use either of those, but you can use one. You still have one die left. So you could use sword fighting here. 
Here it goes. Three. Oh, that's going to be trouble. A three is a failure. Parlo, you steal yourself. You put the sword in your swordsman grasp. You wait, but it's... You're just, you're, you're nothing. You're sand before the tide of Parlo's power. This pink energy washes over you and plucks the sword from your grip. And it curls back into Parlo's hand. And when he grabs the sword, it comes alive with pink fire. And he says, that's right. Parlo's finally the one with the power. And now we're going to make the whole world know it. And then like a comet, Parlo encases himself in this pink energy, this fallen star power. And he blasts off into the distant sea. Hmm. Well, uh, I guess we should all get out of here, huh? You said it. Well, that ding-dang elf stole my boat. <laughs> Did not turn out to be an easy last day for you. I'm going to retire tomorrow. <laughs> so the boat is listing now the giant hole from the arcane core and the smaller hole from the brig, just letting so much water in. You guys get this lifeboat in the water, and uh, are you bringing everybody on board? It's, it's big enough, but do you want to bring everybody on board? Of course. Clack, are you able to swim? Uh, give me the clack noises. You were the clack noises. You didn't like my clack noises. You made yeah, fun of me so yeah, long. But yeah, you but you are the clack noises. It's what we noises. did, so. Yeah. Yes, clack says he can swim underwater. <laughs> well, as a cleric of Menwell, I feel like clack has earned his rehabilitation status, and if he chooses to part ways with us, he's earned that right. Hey, Wallace, did you hook up this core? Oh, yeah. Nice job, bud. Oh, it's a fine ship. Let me just start this up. And he thumps it. And uh, Watch the... out, buddy. This thing rips. <laughs> yep. He thumps the rune and it makes that noise in the uh, lifeboat kind of sputters to life. And you guys pull away from the sinking ship. And uh, Corley is having this conversation with uh, wondering if Clack's rehabbed. And you guys realize that if you wanted to let any of them go, you could do it now. And there'd sort of be no questions asked because the ship is sunk. Does anyone want to vote to see if we've... Clack should go. I mean, what, is, what is Clack in for again? We said safe breaking. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys know Clack was a safe cracker, but similar to Peeper, uh, Wanda, you would know that he was kind of used as a tool more than a mastermind himself. Oh, so he was exploited for his claws. Yes. All right. Corley, I agree with you. And I think that Clack has earned his rehabilitated status. And I think that if he chooses to part ways at this time, I am comfortable with that. <laughs> You're also welcome to stay with us, Clack. And he gestures to the wide open sea with hope in his eyes. And he says, Yes, you can go. Goodbye, Clack. Thank you for your help. And thank you for saving Peeper. So long, crab man. Clackety Clack, don't come back. I'll never eat crab legs again. And Clack disappears into the ocean. And still on the raft, you have Peeper, Macklin McCrick, and Sallow Jacks. How about them? They all kind of look at you like, oh, is is being free an option? Well, Sallow Jack tried to escape. Um, I don't feel like he's quite ready. I would agree. And Peeper looks at you. Give you some Peeper noises. <laughs> oh, Peeper, you've done so well on our journey. You've showed that you're brave. And you helped us defeat the Brig. He has more treatment options, right? Like, he has a disease that can be cured, doesn't he? Well, no. we said he might have been hypnotized. You guys thought that, but uh, Wanda Walgood, you would know that Peeper, much like Clack, was used as sort of a, like somebody might use a stun gun in a heist. Yeah, again, he was exploited for his, you know, characteristics. Like he has these big eyes and things like that. So people understood that he was um, useful to them. 
Pieper is very vulnerable because he is um, quite susceptible to the influence of those around him and doesn't always understand the implications of his actions. So I think it would be most beneficial for Pieper to remain... Um, I think under it would be the most watchful eye of somebody safe. Yes, I think it would be most beneficial for Peeper to remain under the watchful eye of someone safe, like us, like Corley, perhaps, um, so that he we are we are assured that he will be using his powers for good and not evil moving forward. Peeper, I would love to have you join us. I think that you'd make a great addition to our trio. No, we're not going to add Peeper forever. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> right, I love him. Uh, I think he's so fun. We set the precedent. Okay, Mix Peeper is a keeper. Go ahead, make some peeper. Make some peeper noises. You want to stay with us? If that's okay with Max and and Wallace, I thought we already decided this. Peeper's a keeper. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's my line. Keeper, oh cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Peeper's a keeper. It's settled. Peeper will stay with us until he feels confident to live on his own. And uh, those decisions made, you guys are rocketing in the life raft back towards shore, where you will take the carts and bring um, the remaining prisoners, minus Peeper, who will be staying with you, apparently. And the um, vampire girl. The elf girl. And Velvet, who escaped, and Parlo the Pink, who escaped. Yep. And Macklin's with us. He's Macklin's with you. Macklin and Sallow Jack both understand that they need more rehabilitation, but maybe that they are um, they are less afraid of the program to come after seeing our kindness and generosity. Yeah, maybe you'll put in a good word for me. Of course. Macklin, I think that you deserve a good word. <laughs> maybe, two, maybe two good words. We'll see. Oh, thank you, Matt. And you guys head towards shore, your mission mostly complete. But as you go, the moon passes uh, behind a cloud. And you see, Corley and Max and Wallace, that there's a glow under your own skin. There's a strange constellation taking shape. Whoa, what's this? And as you see that, you realize that, in addition, not just Parlo and the brig, that you three, too, are now Starsworn. And as you head back, the questions of uh, what your own Starsworn marks mean and what it means that the stars are gone from the sky. Uh, Corley, you're reminded of an old song, one of the Lore Mother's songs about the starfall. And as your boat cruises across the still ocean waters, Corley's voice rings out into the night. When stars fall down like golden rain, Leaving the sky a canvas plain Strange new magic soon awake The world is spun and kingdoms quake
hope you enjoyed hearing us play through the Stories role-playing game for the first time. Remember, if you want to play along at home, there's a free story that's different than the one you just listened to, available to download at storiesrpg.com. Then you can play and act out the first chapter of your own Starsworn adventure with all your friends and family. New chapters will be coming monthly all through the winter, available to download at storiesrpg.com. Special thanks to Nate, Emily, and Kelsey Lee, our producer Andrew Martin, our friend Vin Svept, who wrote all the original music in the episode, and Michael Lowe, the designer of the Starsworn game with Daniel Hines. Michael is a certified English teacher who runs online classes to help kids learn the joy of writing fiction by using storytelling games. If you'd like to hear your kids laugh, gasp in excitement, and write page after page of stories for the sheer joy of it, check out the classes on luckoflegends.com. Classes count for homeschool credit and come with Common Core-aligned feedback on your child's writing, speaking, and collaboration skills so you can help them keep growing as they play. And to check out all of Vin Svep's music, head to youtube.com slash V-I-N-D-S-V-E-P-T. Thanks for listening!